You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M dot com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Hello, welcome to Jules Says. I'm Julie, Jules, mom, grandmother. If you need a mom-like ear, you can share anything with me. I'll keep it on the down low, unless you want me to share with everyone else. In which case, I can change your name. I'm finally home, and I am so happy to be home. I was only home for one night after the grandmother tour, then off to Montreal the next day for a gal's weekend to celebrate my friend Laura's 50th birthday. We had so much fun, and it was nice to have an adult weekend with just the girls. I love visiting my daughters and grandchildren, but selfishly, it would be nice if they lived closer to me. You can't develop the same relationship with children if you see them once or twice a year. And I know I'm lucky to get to see them that often. And we have video chat technology. But with busy work schedules and time zone differences and the fact that I own nothing Apple, that doesn't happen as often as it should either. When my children were growing up, I used to take the time to write long letters with fun anecdotes about what they were up to and send pictures in the post to the girl's nana in Ireland. Even though she wasn't my mother, my children were her only grandchildren. Phone calls were exorbitantly expensive, and video technology didn't exist. So yes, technology does make it easier these days. Flights are more affordable relative to income, but still. I do miss the regular pop-in visits that my children had with my mom, Dorth, and that my friends all seem to have with their grandchildren. So I am missing out. Don't get me wrong. I was always supportive of my daughters going off to experience new things. When Catherine was considering moving to the UK, I said to her, we only regret the things in life we don't do. If it doesn't work out, worst case is you can come back. And of course, the rest is history. She loves living in the UK. 
Then when Joanne was considering moving to Kelowna, I said the same thing. But this time, I gave her a caveat. If you decide to have children, you have to move back to Ontario or to the UK because I don't have enough time off or money to travel to England and BC. Catherine already had Violet, so she got first dibs on the remote location for the grandchildren. Of course, Joanne stayed in Kelowna, where her son Richard was born six years ago. But the other thing is, I moved away from Sarnia, which is the town where they grew up. So my home in Toronto never really felt like going back home to them. And for the first couple years, we were living in a dodgy little one-bedroom basement apartment while this renovation was going on. Ah, well, at least I have Carrie here in Toronto. Since Abe so far hasn't had his own children, he got to inherit my children, and he gets to inherit my grandchildren. How convenient. The other thing is, though, with my children living so far away, that means I don't often travel for an actual vacation. Most of my traveling is to spend time with the children and grandchildren. And now that I'm still turning down IT contracts, I don't know how long I'm going to be able to do that, I have a lot more flexibility to stay longer. Hence, the 2022 extended three-week grandmother tour. Even a gal's weekend is out of the ordinary for me. It's not something I ever did. I mean, rarely, and certainly not when the children were growing up. And of course, after the protracted, repeated lockdowns, traveling feels incredibly special for most of us. I unpacked and packed as soon as I got home from Kelowna. I had planned on bringing a black skirt and tights and wearing boots and heavyweight denim jeans on the gals' weekend. Thank goodness I checked the Montreal weather in the morning before heading out to the train station. When I was talking to Abe from Kelowna, where it wasn't actually that hot, he said we had gone from winter to summer within days. And the forecast in Montreal was a high of 31 degrees. For any American listeners, that's almost 88 degrees Fahrenheit. So I quickly dumped the boots and tights and dug out my sandals, which were still in storage for the winter. What a great weekend, though. My friend Paula and I enjoyed wine and cheese on the train to Montreal, which is about a five-and-a-half-hour ride from Toronto. We checked in at the hotel and joined the other seven gals in the birthday girl's suite for music, chat, bubbly, wine, scotch, for me, cheese, and do-it-yourself poke bowls. Paula and I didn't know all the other gals, but oh my God, Laura has great friends. There are a lot of fabulous women in the world. Some of these women traveled from Florida, Boston, Alberta, London to celebrate Laura's birthday. It was a weekend of chat, brunch, dinner, wine, walking, a bit of shopping. Some of the gals went to a spa. Paula and I didn't. Old Montreal is so beautiful. If you ever get a chance to go, you must. Everyone in the tourist industry speaks English if you don't speak French, so that's not a problem. In fact, when I try to speak French to them, they respond to me in English. But one woman who worked on the train said that people appreciate the effort anyway. I think we must look different, too. Maybe we Ontarians aren't as sexy as les Québécois. Because even before I open my mouth, salespeople will usually address me in English. I guess I look Anglophone. It's amazing how people in service industries are so good at reading people. Anyway, happy 50th birthday, Laura. It was a great weekend, but I am so glad to be home. Paula and I took a taxi from the train station when we got in on Sunday, and our driver was absolutely lovely. 
The taxi driver who took me to the airport in Kelowna was lovely, too. Wednesday night, I checked Uber when I was still in Kelowna to see if I could schedule a pickup for 4.30 the next morning. No cars available. Although Kelowna is one of the fastest-growing cities in Canada, there are still some things I take for granted in Toronto that just aren't necessarily readily available in smaller cities. Uber availability, for one. Comprehensive public transport. They have buses, but they don't run that often and there's no subway. So I googled taxis, and one company in particular had great reviews. If you listened to my Taxi Tales episode, you know I have a bit of trepidation about taxis in general. But anyway, this well-reviewed taxi site recommended downloading the app to book. So I did, reluctantly. I don't want to have all these apps for all these different things that I'm rarely going to use. I entered all my info, payment method, then pre-booked for 4.30 a.m. Thursday morning. A couple minutes later, I got a message. Cancelled. It didn't tell me why it was cancelled, so I assumed it was the payment method. Checked it. Looks fine. Booked it again. Still seemed okay, but then cancelled again. Then I changed the payment method. Same. Then I chose payment method pay in car. Same. Now, this is four times. My background includes a lot of technical troubleshooting and writing code to ensure error messages are clear. This cancellation message did not give a reason. I recommend they enhance that. It should tell you why. But I know enough not to do the same thing repeatedly and expect a different outcome. So after trying four different things... Well, I tried the one thing twice, and then three other different things. I called. Richard and Joanne were asleep, though, and I hate calling people, but I had to. A lovely gentleman told me there were no cars available between 3 and 9 a.m. tomorrow, and that I should book sooner. I don't know why the error message couldn't say that, but anyway, in the moment, I kind of panicked, because now I'm thinking, "Uh uh-oh, does this mean I can't get a taxi at all in Kelowna? I don't want Joanne and Richard to have to drive me at that ungodly hour. So I said to the guy, no cars? Seriously? I can't book sooner now. I guess I'll have to Google how long it'll take me to walk to the airport. Holy shit. And then he said, have a nice night. And I said, okay, I guess I'm walking all night. Yes, I was rude. I'm not proud of it. My panic is not justification. It's just an explanation of where my head went in that moment. I called another taxi company, one with an average rating of three out of five stars, and they were able to book me a cab. What a relief. Panic averted. I then messaged the original taxi company to apologize for being rude. Honestly, I had just panicked momentarily. Yes, I know, if these are my problems, you could have worse problems than not being able to get a taxi to the airport. This driver arrived five minutes early. He was waiting for me when I came outside. It was a beautiful, fresh morning. The car was clean. The driver was so pleasant. And I thought, my goodness, I'm having great taxi experiences since my little rant a couple of weeks ago. I wonder if Uber competition improved overall taxi customer service. Maybe so. In the taxi driver's defense, however, it is not easy working with the general public. I try to tip well, and I try to be understanding when things go wrong, but we are all human, and you never know what someone is going through. 
If someone is rude to people, hopefully it's an anomaly. In my case, it is an anomaly and not their regular behavior. I listened to a Hidden Brain podcast recently called How Rude. Is rudeness on the increase getting worse? This was one of the topics we talked about on our weekend of nonstop gals chats. Laura once met a woman, I forget whether it was at work or a conference, but she seemed to be fun, fabulous friend material, and so they got together for lunch later on. Well, this woman was so repeatedly, consistently, obnoxiously rude to the server that the server ended up only speaking to Laura by the end of the meal. Laura was mortified, of course, while also quite relieved that the server could see that she was not like that, and she never contacted that woman again. Her rudeness was clearly not a momentary slip, or because she was having a bad day. It was who she was. She treated their server as though she was beneath her. You know the type. I always say, if you love your child, and I know you do, don't raise them to be an asshole. We are social animals, and we need to treat each other with respect and kindness. Don't be someone no one wants to be around. And don't raise your children to be someone no one wants to be around. I'm always a bit suspicious of people who never had to work in any kind of service industry, even when they were young. Isn't it supposed to be character building to experience working at something we don't particularly like? Isn't it a good thing to be on the receiving end of some of that asshat behavior? For no other reason than than just to reinforce respect and empathy for others. I wasn't a server for an extended length of time when I was young. But while I was expecting Catherine, I mean, I got lucky. I was a swim teacher, lifeguard for a while. I worked for a dentist when I was a teen. But while I was expecting Catherine... I cleaned offices for several months in addition to my full-time job. The mess in the offices, in particular the washrooms, were, I think, symbolic of what people in those offices thought of the cleaners. I just find it hard to believe that people leave water and soap and used paper towels and toilet paper all over their washroom at home. And do they leave blood, urine, vomit, whatever, on or around the toilet, the floor, the walls? I noticed that the counters and sinks were messier in the ladies' than the men's room. Does this mean the men are less inclined to wash their hands? It did make me wonder, and it amazed me. I always greet the cleaner at the offices I've worked at, thank them. I appreciate the people who do those jobs so much. And, you know, the pandemic certainly highlighted the importance of service industry jobs. Not that we pay them any better, but, you know, they're important. Now, I didn't exactly love my IT career, but I did like the relative respect it afforded me. I returned from my mat leave with Catherine when she was 15 weeks old. My new job title was computer operator. We got 17 weeks mat leave back then, but she was two weeks overdue. I was so annoyed that I wasted two weeks of my leave waiting for her to be born. So when I had Joanne and Carrie, I lied about my due date and worked at least a week past so that wouldn't happen again. I think the parents get a year off in Canada now, and I think that year can be shared between the mother and father. I don't know if there's a prescribed ratio or if one or the other can take the whole thing. 
But anyway, nowadays, 17 weeks might not seem like a lot, but I was grateful because I knew darn well that the moms in the U.S. only got whatever sick leave and vacation they had earned, if they got that. My cousin got eight weeks because she had a cesarean, which I'm sorry, that's inhumane, and it seems like a diabolical way to push women out of the workforce. My mother used to say, Julie, if you can't afford to quit your job when you have a baby, you have no business having babies. Dorothy, that's right. Let's leave having children for the rich and the very poor who are on benefits. Screw the middle classes. Anyway, I was grateful for 17 weeks. I came back to a new position in the computer room, a promotion. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Way back in the olden days, we had leading-edge mainframe computers. Ours was a Unisys mainframe. They were big, delicate beasts which had to be kept in a temperature and humidity-controlled, fireproofed special room with heavy reinforced doors locked with a secure combination. It was always cold and windy in there. The job entailed babysitting status messages on the console to keep things up and running, fixing issues, changing giant tapes, keeping track of tape rotation and off-site storage, running giant print jobs. We had these huge dot matrix printers and would send the giant printouts off in rutabaga bags. Yes, we used big burlap bags labeled rutabaga. That's how big the print jobs were. They were printed on that giant green and white striped paper with uh, the holes along the edge for the dot matrix printer grippers. The giant boxes of paper were heavy and the printers needed to be fed paper several times a day. I dressed in skirts and heels with a jacket or sweater to keep warm and lugged all that stuff around. We all dressed in office wear back then, though other women mostly wore trousers. We were a team of women in the computer room with a male customer engineer, Rick the CE. He was employed by Unisys and was based at our site to handle hardware maintenance and problems, though he often had to satellite out to other nearby companies to manage their service calls. Rick the CE wore a tie, which he sometimes had to move out of the way for safety. It was a different time. We wore pantyhose. Well, at least I did. We worked eight-hour shifts. Day shift was from 7 to 3.30, and night shift was 3 to 11.30, with a half-hour lunch. You had to bring a lunch or starve, because the only thing available was a few vending machines. You had to get in the car and drive into a town called Karana, if you wanted to go to a restaurant, and then you'd have to have more than half an hour. You just couldn't do it. 
So the night shift ended at 11.30 unless there were issues, because when you were on nights, you had to stay until everything was resolved and completed. It wasn't unusual to get home at 1 or 2 a.m., sometimes as late as 4 a.m. When Catherine was old enough to walk, she would often greet me at the door with a big smile on her face. She was pretty good at manipulating her father to let her stay up, even as a toddler. The nights and some weekends were for backups, software upgrades, and downtime for scheduled maintenance. We had offices in Alberta, Houston, Freeburg, Switzerland, so we had to manage clients in multiple time zones. I liked working shift because it meant for two weeks out of every four, I could be with Catherine during the day until mid-afternoon. Plus, I'm naturally a bit of a night owl, so getting her ready for daycare and leaving the house around 6 a.m. was a bit of a challenge for me. Now, the job of a computer operator is partly babysitting, so depending on what's going on, you weren't always actively busy, so we sometimes chatted and had some fun. Some of the women knitted. My friend and colleague Terry and I used that time to work on our university correspondence courses until the knitters reported us. The computer operators spent most of the shift in pairs locked in that room, though we were sometimes visited by Rick the CE, sometimes one of the software analysts. And not long after the company was purchased by another company, we were visited by a group of men in suits. They were going through the plant site, touring the computer room to check out what they had just purchased. They were astonished to see female computer operators. You could see it on their puffy red faces. One of them said, with us right there, you have women working in the computer room? Our boss, Jerry, beamed with pride. I didn't realize it at the time, but it was a baller move hiring women to work in the computer room. The only reason we got that job was because there was a hiring freeze at the company, so they had to promote from within. The bonus? They could pay us less than the men. I said to my colleagues after the suits left, he might as well have said, you have chimps working in the computer room? We laughed and laughed. Then I cut a neck and armholes in a rutabaga bag and put it on over my dress, put my belt around my waist to cinch it in, and modeled it. We loved just saying rutabaga bag. I would say on the phone to people who requested a huge printout, I will send that out to you in a rutabaga bag as soon as the job finishes. At some point, we did have a male computer operator. Roy was nice, likable, and he good-naturedly accepted us calling him one of the girls. He had to have made more money than we did because his wife was a house spouse and they had three children. There's no way I could have supported a family of five on my income alone. I used to be completely mystified when Roy called in sick because one or some of his children were sick and he had to stay home to help his wife. Wait a minute. Isn't that what the house spouse does? I always saved up vacation days in case I had to take time off last minute with one of the children when they were sick. I didn't take sick days for that. One of the knitters, Anne, who was single and had no children, commented, I wish I could take extra time off to stay home. I said, Anne, I take vacation days to stay home with Catherine if she's sick. Next time she's sick, I'll call you. You can take a vacation day to look after my baby, and I'll come to work where I can sit and laugh and be with adults and drink coffee. Sound good? Oh, sir, I didn't know you took vacation days. Yeah. 
That's right. You didn't. No one said a thing to Roy, though, when he called in sick, and we knew for a fact that he was not taking a vacation day. Anne also told me I was aggressive one day. I said to her, Anne, if I were a man, would you think I was aggressive? No, Julie, but you're not a man. <sighs> I rest my case. I was always very direct and assertive, and I can tell you back in the early 80s, that was not appreciated. However, my assertiveness had nothing on Charlotte, one of the software analysts. She was an average-sized redhead, definitely not heavy, but she had, I don't know, I'm going to call it Cinderella syndrome. Her shoes were all too small for her, so small that her feet visibly puffed out over them. I think that might be why she was so cantankerous. Her feet hurt. She used to march into the computer room with a full scowl on her face. Sometimes she was in a decent mood, but you never knew what you were going to get. One day, I was eating a bowl of soup at the desk. It was cold in the computer room. And she looked down at me and said, Are you going to eat that whole thing? Yes, Charlotte. Yes, I am. My God, you're going to get fat as a pig. Then she turned around and marched out. I mean, I might have weighed 110 pounds at the time. She used to routinely say to me, I don't know how your mother can even look at you. <laughs> well, she does prefer me with makeup. I'll give you that. I think I might have mentioned Charlotte in one of my other podcasts. But anyway, not everybody listens to all of them. But she was a piece of work. And I wasn't her only target. She was always nice to Rick the CE, and we were grateful that he went out for lunch with her often. It softened her mood. Carol, one of the other software analysts, used to laugh about how she would throw software manuals at her. In the olden days, we couldn't look anything up online. We had stacks and stacks of giant manuals. At least Carol was her equal, so she alternated between treating her with respect and raging at her. Carol would laugh it off and learned how to handle her. <laughs> she was a friend of mine when Catherine was three. I think Barry was in Ireland for some reason, and Carol and Catherine and I went out for lunch. And Catherine said, Carol, do you know what my daddy calls you? And she looked at me and said, no, I don't. What does your daddy call me? And Catherine says, he calls you Carl. That's because he has an Irish accent and he can't say Carol. <laughs> oh, Carol. One of the men we worked with had a last name of Tudrick. Charlotte called him Tudrich. When he corrected her, she actually barked at him about his own name. Well, I prefer Tudrich. I googled her and cannot find anything on her. Anything. It's like, it's like she's vapor. I have a request, though. Would the people my age and older please establish an online presence so I can creep you? God, so annoying. I know you're out there. But while I worked in the computer room, I continually tried to learn new skills. I certainly didn't expect to be in the computer room forever, and I had opportunities occasionally to help in other areas. One day, I was working at the desk, alone, on something— and Charlotte walked. She didn't march that day. She walked into the room calmly and sat on the corner of my desk. She looked at me, paused, her eyes narrowed. Then she said, you think you can bat your fucking eyelashes and get my job? Well, I've got news for you. 
She was practically spitting in my face, nose to nose. It was like an explosion. I calmly assured her that I was not trying to get her job. And I did not expect to get anything from batting my eyelashes. They were very long, however, and I did mascara them up quite nicely. But I wasn't an idiot. I wasn't completely naive. I knew you had to give head to get ahead. No, I'm joking. I mean, if anyone actually did do that, I was not aware of it. Although I have worked with people, some people, who made me wonder whether they had compromising video footage of some of the decision makers, like, how are you getting away with this? Anyway, then someone at some point left an anonymous hand-printed note advising her to work on her behavior. I never actually read the note. I only gathered the gist of it when she accused me of writing it, which I did not. And then some other people talked about it as well. And some of them may have read it. She flashed it in front of me briefly and said, That's your handwriting. It wasn't. And I'm friends with detectives and handwriting specialists, and they can prove it was you, and I'm going to sue you, and you're going to go to jail. Wow. Good thing I naively believed in truth winning out in the justice system then, or I might have been freaked out. Then when Catherine was just over a year old, I went on a training course to Washington. When I got back, she was gone. Just like that. We were all in a celebratory mood. Even the boss was thrilled. It took him a while to make it happen. She used to even make him cry. I used to joke that if you shot the boss, they wouldn't fire you. They'd just send you for counseling. I know that sounds excessively dark, but back then, mass shootings and shootings at work were unheard of. So I guess we were able to laugh at an idea that was completely outlandish. I continued working in the computer room until around the time Joanne was born in 1986. That's when I got a promotion to communications analyst and desktop support. Ooh, exciting technology advancement. Thank you for listening. If you have anything you'd like to share with me or ask me, I do love giving unprofessional advice. Please feel free to email me at jewelsays at gmail.com. Have a wonderful week. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if 
you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.